musician or are you interested in music or songs? Well, this is the chapter for you, <laughs> Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to Yahweh and said, I will sing to Yahweh for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown the horse and his rider into the sea. Yah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. His chosen captains are sunk in the Red Sea. The deeps cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Yahweh, is glorious in power. Your right hand, Yahweh, dashes the enemy into pieces. In the greatness of your excellency, you overthrew those who rose up against you. You send out your wrath and it consumes them as stubble. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flood stood upright as a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the plunder. My desire will be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, Yahweh, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You and your loving kindness have led the people that you have redeemed. You have guided them into your strength, to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard and they tremble. Pangs have taken hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. Trembling takes hold of the mighty men of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread falls on them. By the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Until your people pass over, Yahweh, until the people you have purchased pass over, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Yahweh, which you have made for yourself to dwell in, the sanctuary, Lord, which your hands have established. Yahweh will reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went in with his, with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and Yahweh brought back the waters on the sea of the sea on them. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the middle of the sea. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown the horse and his rider into the sea. Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went for three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't drink from the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, its name was called Marah. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried to Yahweh, and Yahweh showed him a tree. And he threw it into the water, and the waters were made sweet. 
There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you will diligently listen to Yahweh, your God's voice, and will do that which is right in his eyes, and will pay attention to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the waters. I said this was a song, a chapter for musicians, because it happens to contain the oldest song in the world. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> I googled it. What's the world's oldest song? There were all these websites suggesting various songs as the oldest songs, and there's been interesting songs that were written. There's a song called Fos Hilaron. It's a Christian hymn written almost 2,000 years ago, sung by early Christians. But no, this is way older than that. There's a song written by the Ugarites, an ancient tribe, and it was written in 3400 BC. 3400 BC? No. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, hang on, that's not correct. Um, 3400 years ago. But this uh, song just pips it at the post. So this is written about 3450 BC, uh, years ago, sorry. Getting my BCs confused. So we've got here um, the oldest song in the world, or at least the oldest song that we know of. And uh, the great shame about this song is we don't have the music. We've got the words, and we can tell it's a fabulous song. And um, But we, I just wish that I knew what it sounded like. I'm a musician. I think to myself, if I was going to write music for this song, how would I write it? I'd probably write it in a minor key, and when you get to the exciting parts, you'd leap into a major key, <laughs> uh, you know, the relative major. If you're a musician, you'll know what I'm talking about. It would just make those exciting parts extra pumped. But um, they, I imagine they were very, very happy. Have you ever seen those, um, those movies from the end of World War II? when you know, finally the, the war is over and there's people in the streets and they're going crazy, throwing hats in the sky. Just picture that, but here, that's this. And they're so happy, they've been delivered. Pharaoh's dead, their oppressor is gone, they're free. You can't imagine a song that could have been sung more excitedly than this song. And um, people have actually set this song to music and we used to sing this song when, we, when I was a kid in church, this was one of the songs we used to sing, or at least parts of it. Not the part about, you know, <laughs> dashing them to pieces and some of these bits. We didn't sing those bits. But it's just a great song demonstrating God's great power and love. Now after this, God has demonstrated that he's on the side of the Israelites and then he takes them out into the desert and tests them. They go three days and there's no water, and they run out of water, and they get to this place where there is water, and the water is unsuitable. It cannot be drunk. And so that's when they grumble and complain. And I think most people would do that. And um, But you would think that having just seen what God did, and how powerful he is, and you would think that given that God was leading them this direction by his pillar of uh, fire and cloud, that God was would know what he was doing. But no, they don't trust, and they grumble and complain. And um, what happens here is that 
Um, Moses cries out to God and says, Lord, what, what shall I do? And God shows him this tree and he throws the tree in the water and the water is made sweet. And I just want to say that this is a picture of Christ again. You know that Jesus died on a tree. And so a tree can be a picture of what Christ did for us. And here we have a picture of a tree, salvation, being put into the bitterness. Christ took our bitterness upon himself so that we might inherit, you know, we might be able to receive sweet living water. And um, the children of Israel, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the scriptures as an example, but they are an example to us. And some of the things that they have been through and the, the things that, that they did, they are lessons for us. And the book of Hebrews chapter 10 tells us to not grumble and complain like those Israelites in the desert who are an example for us of what not to do. And so we've got to just remember that the Lord does deliver us. There's times he gives us great deliverances, but the tests that the Lord gives along are real tests. We can't just assume that God's deliverances are real deliverances, but that they're not real tests as well. If you're struggling in your life, um, it could be that it's a real test. And you need to, instead of grumbling or complaining or blaming, just turn your eyes to heaven and say, Lord, I trust you. You've brought me to this place. Now, Lord, I ask you to deliver me. And he's delivered you before. He will do it again. Trust him. Lord, we put our trust in you. You are our deliverer. It's your name. Your name is the saviour, the one who saves. So, Lord, we place our trust in you that you would deliver us from every evil attack. That's what you have said in the scriptures. And so I ask, Heavenly Father, that we would walk in grace. Help us not to be people who grumble and complain like the children of Israel. Yes, there are things to grumble and complain about. And yes, there are things in our lives which are not ideal, things which are not good, things are not going the way we want. Yes, we see all of those things, but Lord, we don't complain. Instead, thank you for bringing us to these bitter waters. Thank you for bringing us to the place. And I pray that in the midst of the bitterness, that you would give us something sweet to drink. In the name of Jesus, amen.